Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Sumato Coffee. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with our rawest opinion, while giving you the straight-up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. On this episode, we pull back the curtain on how to live your best life and much, much more. Press was popping, baby. Man, Jules, I'm living the dream over here one day at a time, brother. One day at a time. <laughs> okay. Man, I hear that, man. You sounding good, too. Yeah, you know, got to keep it in perspective around here, man. I, I was complaining like 20 minutes before we got on the on this here about work. And then I had to think about it. I was like, man, you know what? I'm blessed that I even got this job. What was I even tripping on? So, man, I ain't going to sweat the small shit, Jules. <laughs> you said, hey, it can always be worse, right? Dude, <laughs> right. For real. You know, because this. So I got a quick story for you. Okay. So I was down to Champagne this weekend, you know, and so we, uh, man, after the move, we went to get some food. So we get to a little Applebee's, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. And it was a sign up in the uh, lot and it was basically hiring, you know, we need servers, we need cooks, we need just, it looked like they were hiring for the whole damn restaurant. Then when we got to the door, there were signs up for the same thing, like little paper printout signs. And then we go inside the store and they were like, it's going to be like a 30 minute wait. We looked around, we were like, there's like 80% of the tables open. But you know what the problem was? They only had one server. So they couldn't overload the server. So they could only have like, I think she said eight or nine tables at a time. And she said the next person was coming in in like an hour. So basically, they were saying that they're having a hard time getting people to come back to work because of the virus, because of, you know, the money people are making elsewhere. And I was like, damn. That's crazy, man. These business owners, man, like you can't even maximize, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like a capitalist here, but shit, if you if you got a business, you, you know, you hope that you'll be able to operate your business at 100%. So right, right. that was kind of interesting to see that, that they're like literally begging people 
to come to work and to even apply for these jobs now. Wow. You know, Prez, I, I've been seeing for higher science everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. So I guess whenever the country actually open up or when this thing will ever leave, I'm, I'm praying that it does do. When is that going to happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we can get back to people work because, my God. I mean, it's everywhere you go, people hire. People mm-hmm. hire. Mm-hmm. Or it's short static, staff and yeah. you're working overtime. <laughs> Man. And also, too, Jules, don't try to order something. Like, we were trying to order a part for a vehicle, and they were like, hey, this part's back ordered like six to eight weeks. And I'm like, and I talked to the mechanic, and he's like, dude, we're having that issue with parts across the board. He was like, I don't know what's going on, but he said there's shortages everywhere. And I'm like, man, what is going mm. on right now? Wow. You know what? I can believe it because I got a car up in the shop now. I've been sitting there for, for three weeks waiting on some parts. God bless me with another vehicle to use. But mm-hmm. if I if I just have to rely on that car, I'll just been dropping that thing <laughs> broken down. Yep. <laughs> you know, I need just need some shocks. I'll just be bouncing on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you be bouncing like snooping them back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, man, my man got some hydros on that. Right. What are he doing over there? <laughs> but, you know, that's a good point. Like to how we even got to this point in the conversation is the fact of you even checked yourself and said, you know what? I'm fortunate because think about how many people are driving around here with these cars that aren't safe for the road, but they got to do what they got to do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a privilege in itself that you work for. But still, nevertheless, it's still privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I got you. But hey, everything good, though, man. Yes, sir. Man, I got up early. I went to the gym. Yes, sir. I know my re- my regimen, my routine's been broken up, man, because it's been it's been hectic these past few weeks. And so I was able to get up and hit the gym and did a little legs. I saw my man Scotty, who's a Scotty big uh, yeah, who's a big you know big fan. You know, I couldn't get a chance to get in and work out with him. He wanted me to spot him by the run because we doing this. So yes, sir. So you understood. So hey, Scotty, man, I get you next time. Good to hear, man. You sound in good spirits. It's always good to get that early work in. I actually started doing that recently as well, Jules. I feel like my days have been more productive because generally what I was doing was working out at the end of the day. But Mm. now I do it in the morning, man, and it just gives me that boost that I need to just fire through the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets you you motivated. It gets you pumped. It gets you more energy. Yeah, so you can tackle on what life got to bring, man. Yes, sir. Now, uh, let me ask you. Your gym, you got to wear a mask uh, inside right now because uh, you, you know, know they, what? They, they yep. made that the first day I walked in there, I didn't have a mask on, you know, because they say if you vaccinated, then you don't have to wear it. So today they was like, dude was passing out masks. He said, he said, hey, my friend, sorry, you have to put the mask. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, he said, don't even matter. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, oh, no problem, put it on, you know, and, and, and some people had, had do a little pushback. And I'm looking at them like, man, come on, man, just it is what it is. You just got to wear the mask. They're not, you know, it's not their fault. No, it's exactly. business. Their yeah. business. So and they gotta comply because if somebody come in there and mm-hmm. see that you're not wearing that mask, they get in trouble. Right. You know, and as they the business. shut the whole place down. Mm-hmm. Yep. And shut the place down. Then where are we going, where are we gonna work out at? Yep. I mean, that's kind of why we're in this mess to begin with, with people pushing back on stuff. But I'm I'm not gonna get into that right now. But <laughs> <laughs> my gym is well, Jules. I when I went to the gym on Friday, I had totally forgotten. So I had to run out to the car and grab one. I was like, my bad. Yeah, back at it. Back at Wyndham. <laughs> But we'll see where this thing goes, man, because I'm looking at these cases and these numbers, and they saying that this new variant is going to be worse than the original one. I'm sitting here like, man, come on now. We'll take it one day at a time. That's all we could do. Let's get into these mailbag questions here, Jules. The okay. first one comes up from Sam from Lincoln, Nebraska. And his question was, would we rather live to be 45 
or 50 and have experienced the riches of the world or live a regular life and live to be much, much older. Jules, talk to him. Oh, man. Sam, this, this is an easy one for me, man. I, hey, I want to I live a long life. Whereas me, riches of the world, it's not really, I can live with, you know, live with it without it. It's no, no biggie for me. But a long, healthy life is what I want. For me, riches can be probably just family, healthy living, family, finances. You know, mm-hmm. you're comfortable. Yep. So if I'm comfortable, have family around, everybody's healthy, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, Jules, I rock with you there. And I think we align pretty similar on that one. I, when I saw the question, I knew where you were going with that, Sam. But for me and anybody that's listened to this show, you guys know how me and Jules both grew up. He grew up in Inglewood. I didn't grow up too far from him. We grew up modestly, man. We had what we needed, didn't have anything extra. But at the end of the day, for us, it was all about family. And for me, I grew up on love. And I know people might think that that's corny that I said that, but that's what I had. Every day when I left the house, my grandmother put her hands over our heads. She prayed for us. That gave me like mm-hmm. just a sense of just like, man, you know what? I could do anything and everything today. And, and that was that's my life. And so when I look at that, I didn't need to have some fancy car in high school. I didn't need to have like all the designer Mm -hmm. Jordans. I didn't need all that, you know? So that's the way I grew up. So I grew up very modestly. You know, we had what we needed. Now I look at myself as an adult and I'm middle-class, you know, I do okay. And I'm still happy. But I would say I was probably much happier growing up because at that time I didn't have bills and all that other bullshit in life, you know, but we didn't have much, but I still, those were some of the best times of my life. You know, Jules, when we had our Christmas episode that we did in season two, that one made me smile because it just made me think about those times when life was simple. You know, I didn't have any money in my pocket, man, but I had no worries and I was just happy and I was loved. Mm-hmm. So for me, bro, that's all I really need at the end of the day, man. Money is money, right? I can go make money. Mm-hmm. I can go figure that out, but that shit don't make me. You know what I mean? I was the same cat when I had no money that I am today with a couple dollars. So- sure. To answer your question, Sam, I'm just going to live that long life, man. I want right. to be around to be that example for my family, and I want to see the ones that's coming behind me fulfill their dreams. So I can't do that if I'm checking out of here at 45 because I want to travel around the world. Right. <laughs> right, because, you look at it, 45, that's, man, you you still got good 40, 45, 50 mm-hmm. years left. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. And also, too, hey, when he said 45, I was like, look, I ain't going to put my age out there, but, hey, that's just right around the corner, Sam. So, uh, right. no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. You're knocking on that door right there. Boy. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm looking up like, oh, man, that's, well, okay, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? My God, how, how, how the time fly. <laughs> Dude, right? I mean, goodness, I'm I'm about to digress here. To me, it just feels like it was just (laughs) yesterday, bro, that we was going to prom, hanging out at the malls, playing football at the park together, man. Like, what the fuck, man? Then we look up 25 years later happened, and now here we are. This shit's crazy. Life, and this is why we're doing this episode that we're doing today. Because Mm -hmm. look at what we just said, Jules. We blink, and here we are at this point in life where we like, wait a minute now. Where all them years go? (laughs) And you know what? Like he's like you said, Chris, we was living our best life too. Yeah. <laughs> so it ain't over. No, it ain't over. No. I'm gonna say this before we get to the next mailbag question. 
I'm going to stop trying to push away time. You know how we get, we're in the work week and everybody's like, I just can't wait to get to Friday. You know all we doing? It's just like just passing life by. Right. Right. Then we enjoy look it. up. Yeah, enjoy mm-hmm. it, dude. Enjoy each and every day, mm-hmm. right? Because, dude, think about this year, 2021. It's almost September, bro. In a minute, we putting up uh, decorations. Yeah. We're going to be back here talking about some Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, another Thanksgiving special or Christmas episode. Yeah, because they coming. <laughs> they coming. <laughs> so Sam and all this, I'm sorry that I sidetracked there, but I'm telling you, he that question just it, it hit me and it just like put me in a different type of mindset. And it's just we all have to just kind of reevaluate what's really important in this life. So mm-hmm. thanks for that question, brother. All right, Jules, the next one comes over from Meredith, and she's from Albany Park here in Chicago. Shout out to you, Meredith. She wanted to know, Jules, what is one thing about Chicago that you love, brother? Oh, man. My God. So this might sound a little crazy, but the seasons. It's just the seasons of Chicago. Because certain states don't get snow in winter and, mm-hmm. you know. I, I love how the seasons change. I love we get that fall. You see the autumn leaves and the trees are bare. I love the winter. You get it's it's cold, but it's you know you get the bundle up. You get to wear different clothings and and it, like Christmas time is snowy and and you can really enjoy it, that right that white Christmas. I love the spring where you get the new growth. It get a little warmer and you're you're outside more. And then so of course the summer you just up you know without the pandemic you out there you enjoying the weather. You're enjoying people. You're enjoying the life. It's just it's the seasons. I, I, I love the different parts of seasons. So, Meredith, I want you to write back in in the winter when Jules was complaining about shoveling snow. Because I don't know if he bought that snow thrower or snow blower yet, but just mm-hmm. write back in. Because you heard him talking about them seasons. He always talking about a white Christmas. I don't want no white Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's nothing wrong with the snow. It's just the accumulation of the thing. <laughs> Now, if so I can you push that with thing a with a broom, <laughs> yeah, if I can push that thing with a broom, I'm good. But no, it's just them blizzards. No, nah, yeah, that's that's a different. I don't want yeah. no blizzards. No, keep that away. <laughs> no, and, and, and Prez, answer your question, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. I've been shopping. I've yeah, been dude, shopping. I was going to say, man, get it before September, man, because them sales and stuff start going away. So, yeah, get it mm-hmm. soon if you can. I got mine a week ago. I'm oh, not nice. Playing. Yeah, I ain't playing. I'll send you the link to the one I bought, too. It was decent. It was on sale. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let me know. I got you. All right, Meredith. So mine's going to be really short and quick to the point here. For me, when I think about the thing that I love about Chicago is the hidden gems in this city. Now, we did an episode in season one where we talked about the best aspects of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we went through and we gave you guys examples of places that we really like to go to. And they're like places that aren't like commercially talked about. That's the thing that I love. Like now, obviously, downtown in the Loop and Magma, all that shit is great. But there's some neighborhoods in this city that's the true heart of our city that no one talks about. Those are the things that really make me fall in love with this city every time, man, when I think about it. And so I know the national media, they they want to paint the city as like, you know, it's awful and it's crime ridden and this and that. But all I do is I drive around, man, and I just fall in love with this city, man, all the time with the architecture. And just all of the just the different designs in the neighborhoods and the culture. Mm-hmm. Those are the things about Chicago that I just really fall in love with. Mm-hmm. That's a good press. 
And also, too, the pizza ain't bad as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, said, you said pizza? Hey, that's another thing. We talked about food before. Excellent. Different varieties of food. Yes, sir. So, yeah, great question, Meredith. All right, Jules. We got another question from a Chicagoan, Victoria. She wanted to know, what is our favorite soul food dish or mm. meal? Man, no, Prez, you know my mom's coming up, and she always cooked. Oh, man. It's so many dishes. But I will say my favorite will have to be pork chops. And she always make macaroni, sweet potatoes, cornbread, and, and, and some type of green, greens or cabbage. Let me ask you, are the pork chops smothered? Sometimes. She either smother or fry. It, it either, okay. you know, okay. the other, it depends what she want to do. But it didn't. I was eating both of them. Yeah, it didn't matter to you. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> so, man, that dish right there, that's the dish right there. I went away for a second. I went away for a second. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about it in my mind. So, yeah, that dish right there, a nice pork chop, nice thick-cut pork chop with them greens and macaroni and, and candy yams and corn. Ooh, prayers. Man, I, I hear you drooling all over here. Clean, clean, <laughs> clean, up, your, clean up your desk over there, bro. <laughs> man, I went away for a second, man. Yeah, I saw. I, I saw. <laughs> I was like, I was like, let me let him live real quick. Because I was like, he daydreaming over there. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. <laughs> Mine, uh, Victoria, and I talked about it on previous episodes. My mom's baked macaroni and cheese, man. Mm. Brother. I would travel states to get some of that. If I ever move from Chicago, I will drive back to get some of that macaroni and cheese, man. I, we actually had some two weeks ago, and I, like, snuck a brick of that shit back to the crib. I was like, I don't even care. He's <laughs> in a, a brick of me. Man, she made, like, two trays of that thing, man. And, like, I snuck off into the kitchen. I took me that thing, and I got that thing to go. I'm like, no, nah, this is mine. How, how many cheeses did you put in? She put or six different ones. She put she, she put six of the ones, but she don't even tell you which one, which all the ones is in there. Well, that okay. should be cheesy. Mm. You got that top layer, then mm. there's some cheese in the middle, brother. I'm saying it's like a little bite to heaven, bro. Every bite, I'm telling you, mm. a party in your mouth right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, boy, food, man. I love to eat, man. See, this this audience, man, they going to be like, man, that's all these dudes do, man, is just eat. Well, we do. Man, I love food. I love food. People ask me, hey, man, Jules, what's your diet? What diet? I just eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're so active, though, it don't probably even have no chance to even stick on you. You know what nah, I mean? Yeah, I'm always doing something. <laughs> you always moving. <laughs> and that's the key. Because people say the same thing. They're like, man, they like you eat, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I'm running like six miles and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in the gym. So it's like, I'm good. I always say anything in moderation, Jules, anything in moderation. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. That was a great question, though. You made me and Jules both take a second there. We man. just had, we, we kind of daydreamed. I know I'm definitely over here about to text my mom after this and say, when we going to have some more mac and cheese. I'm sitting there thinking about that cheese you put in there. I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here daydreaming, like, man, how's that look? And he's talking about a brick of it. I'm like, my God, but, I know that's good. But, man. I know it's good. Yes, sir. And I had your mom's greens before, so I already know what that life is about. Mm-hmm. I remember coming over there. I'm like, man, what's in that pot, man? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and she, just like any other mother, like, hey, hey, come on, get a plate. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Hell yeah. She always was like that. I'm like, oh, can, you mind if I get a couple pieces of that chicken too? I was all being there big and I didn't care. And I was like, you mind? <laughs> <laughs> she looked over at you like, I need to get you a plate. Yeah. All I needed to hear. <laughs> those, are the, those are the good, those are the good days, man. Those are the good mm-hmm. days. Yes, sir. Man, thanks for taking us down that stroll. All right, next question. Comes over from Ben from San Jose, California. Okay. And Ben wanted to know Jules. Outside of saving a family member, if there was a major fire or disaster at your home, what prized possession are you saving? <laughs> oh, man. This was a tough one. Other than family, it, it was like, man, Press, what do, do I take the photo album? Do I uh, do I take the TV? What, what? <laughs> you said the TV. <laughs> Just ripping that bitch off the wall. <laughs> man. <laughs> One thing that stuck, a couple things actually, but they're for my grandparents. My grandfather passed first on my mom's side, and he was in World War II. So of course, when he buried, the army came and they draped his coffin with the with the flag. Yes, I was able to get the, get his flag. Oh wow! Do you have it uh, up at the house? Yeah, I have it at the house. Yep. Okay, nice. I have that. I will I will grab that, and I also grab my grandma's uh, Bible. Oh, because wow. she 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 the one who got me into church and reading uh, God and be God fearing and so she planted them seeds, man. Yeah, she's one of the reasons why I'm at today. I would grab my grandfather's flag and my grandmother's Bible. Man, that's heartfelt right there, brother. I, man, I I love that. Ben, for me, this was a tough one for me as well because, like you said, outside of the family and you know your family pet, I was thinking like, well, shit, I don't know. All this other stuff is covered by insurance, so I'm like, I don't even really know. But I think I would say photo albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my grandmother passed, when we were clearing out, you know, the house and everything like that, I took a bunch of the photo albums. You know, a lot of these photos, they they weren't backed up on any sort of like digital thing. Now, I am going to probably have to scan them in at one point. But there's like three photo albums that like kind of cover like all of our family members and all the different holidays and everything like that. And so that, I think if anything, I would probably take that because that's something that you can't replace. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I, I, like I said, the photo album, people of that's not longer here, but you have a picture of them. You can see yep. them, you know. Yep. You can show your kids or any with friends or other family members, hey, this was such a, remember such and such. Remember yep. cousin this? Man, oh, that dude was funny as hell, man. That, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, yeah. those, right? yeah, yeah. No, I'm so, with yeah. You. so, yeah, so if the, if the fire and the police come to the crib, they're just going to see me with three photo albums cradling them, things like that. <laughs> The other thing that I was thinking about, Jules, I got a Michael Jordan rookie card, but I got it insured. So that one, I was like, I probably wouldn't even be able to get to it if it was like a fire or something. It's like in the safe. So I don't know. Okay. Now the, now the safe is fireproof, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We good. Yeah, we good. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. You got to make sure if you got one of them, that'd be the only thing that'll mm-hmm. last that in that in that blaze. Mm-hmm. God, I know you keep all your important documents in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 That oh, Michael yeah. Jordan rookie. Hey. Whenever, whenever uh, you know, crap hit the fan, I get this just Jordan rookie card. Like, all right, mm-hmm. and and that's real. Like, that's like that's like my life insurance policy right there. I'm like, well, right. <laughs> I, I never thought it would get to this day. <laughs> right. That's an extreme last resort. You right. gotta be, you know, Armageddon is is coming. You're like, all right, well, it's my last hand right here. Yep. <laughs> it's like I've been holding on to this ace of spades, but here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh shit! But yo, great question, Ben. You made me think on that one a little longer, hard. And I love how you uh, said outside of family members because you knew we were gonna take the easy way out with. That oh yeah, one, so he was smart. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was smart on that one. <laughs> All right, Jules. Here's his last question, and this one is a doozy. So Christian from Tyler, Texas, he wants to know how do you feel about Biden's handling Whew. of Afghanistan? Man, <laughs> it's been on 24-7. Press, I'm lost about the whole thing. I don't have a problem with them pulling out. Biden had the troops pull out. I mean, it was over there for 20 years. This this coming 9-11 be 20 years. You're right. I don't have a problem with it because you're supposed to be over there. You're supposed to be training these Afghan soldiers, Afghan soldiers on, okay, this is a temporary thing we're doing. So when we leave, you guys, you guys go back to doing what you're doing. You're in charge. Mm-hmm. Okay. But how they pulled out? Way to pull the military out first, and then you leaving the civilians there. It's like, and then but yes, I, I I didn't. I'm like, wait a minute, what 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 rhyme or reason? How we how we you pull the military out before you pull the civilians? Talk to them, Jules. I ain't get that. So now you had word, you had intel that Taliban is on the rise. You had intel. I don't know if you, I don't know if they made some type of deal or arrangement, but whatever it is, I don't think you can too much trust. You're trying to get Americans out. You're trying to get Afghans out. People jumping on planes, it's in the air, and people falling from the skies. It's a mess. It's a mess. Should we have pulled out? Yes. The way they did it, it could have been done better, a different way. Hell, you even got the uh, Afghan president. He fled. I don't know where the hell he at, but he gone too. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so Cabal is taken by Taliban less than a day. It's, yep. it's, a, it's a crap show, man. I, I I hate how that happened. But I don't get all the blame because, okay, the Afghans, hey, listen, this is your country. You got to mm-hmm. do what you got to deal with this. Right. For Biden, he should have, he could have done it a different way. I would say he could have had the troops there to make sure all the civilians go out and then pull the troops out. Yeah, they did it ass backwards, Jules. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100% on that. Now, for the audience, in case some of you guys might not even be understanding the backstory with this whole thing, the Trump administration, they signed a peace deal with Afghanistan and with the Taliban. So this was back in 2020. And under that agreement, the U.S. basically said, okay, we're going to withdraw all of our troops by May 1st of 2021. But when Biden took office, he extended that deadline to September 11th. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he moved it forward to the 31st of August. Now, I'm with Jules. We've been over there for 20 years. I think they should have, in 20 years, been able to train those soldiers over there how to you know, protect their country and so forth. I just didn't like the chaotic nature and the way that we withdrew. Because you left civilians in danger, as Jules mentioned. Now you have the Taliban threatening and saying, if these people aren't out of here by the deadline, it's going to be trouble. That ain't just talk. We know that them dudes, no. they are about right. their life. So it's thousands of Afghanistan people who worked with the U.S. We have all those NATO allies that are over there over these last 20 right. years. And you got to think about this. Those people have faced death threats from the Taliban over all these years. And those are the people that we need to get the fuck up out of there, just in my opinion. Press, ask, answer me this. Yeah. Why did we leave all that, that artillery? That's the part, too, that I was concerned about. I'm like, was that, like, uh, done intentionally? Like, right. what was that about? What was, we armed these people? They weren't our fatigues over there. I don't know, man. Dude, they got choppers, they got vehicles, they got assault rifles, they got guns, they got RPG, rocket launch. I'm disgusted. I ain't gonna lie, because it's like, dude, what are we, wait a minute, what are we doing? Hell, I'm not in the military, but I could have ran this thing better than this. 
we got to protect our American citizens that are over there, our allies, anybody that's over there. I mean, because the way I look at this, man, is they abandoned them people, bro. And those people were the yeah. ones that was down there fighting for our side over there. So, like, what the hell's going on with that? I don't know if you, you can clean this up. You can't. This is messed no. up. You got to take this one on the chin and say, hey, this is my fault. This is another Benghazi or this is another Saigon or whatever the case may be. But we were supposed to learn from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So it's just tough when I was seeing some of the stories that were coming out there and the people that were trying to flee and they're trapped over there. And I just, I couldn't imagine that type of life for anyone. And, and it just makes me sad that we were over there to protect and to, you know, educate and do all these different things. And the way we got up out of there, it just, I don't know, man. I just, I thought it was kind of a coward way to go about things. You mm-hmm. you leave the people behind that we needed at certain points to be our boots on the ground over there. Right. And then we just peace out. Like, all right, cool. Well, we're out. Good luck. I didn't like it, Jules. I, didn't like I, it. I don't, I'm with you. I don't either. And as a human being, I can imagine as a, as a soldier, you're sitting up there, you're like, wait a minute, we, we can't leave these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an officer, you see people in trouble. That was my job to go help people. Right. So I can imagine as a soldier, you see, you see this, what's going on over there. You're like, they probably saying, I can't stand this administration. We're not soldiers in this military just to peace out like that. that that's not what we are. You know, and, and like I said, man, I obviously, you know, never been in the military or anything like that. I have a, a bunch of friends that did serve and I kind of bounced it off of them. A lot of them are saying like, that goes against everything that they represent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just hearing that from those guys and it, it combining that with the way that I felt about it as someone that's just n- never been associated with it, I'm like, at least I'm on the same page with them on how that felt because that's how mm-hmm. it felt to me too. Mm-hmm. That was a really good question. And I think as a country, we could have definitely handled that differently. And I really send my thoughts and, and prayers to any of the people that are over and I hope that they can get back safely because... That's going to be a very chaotic scene as we get closer to that deadline, Jules. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Thoughts and prayers. Get to safety, please. Mm-hmm. For real. For real. All right, man. Well, Jules, let's get into this episode. So the okay. last three episodes of this Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, we have definitely been hitting you guys with hard-headed topics. And I hope that we've been leaving you guys with some just some things to ponder, you know, in the way that the world works these days. But... Today's episode, we're going to come at it with a different lens. Today, we're going to talk about ideas on how to live your best life. So this is something that I've been working on over the last couple of years of just really focusing and prioritizing on myself and just trying to do the work to live a better life. Because I think a lot of times we get burdened by the rat race, work, 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 right? And then you're not taking care of yourself. You kind of put yourself last on the priority list because mm-hmm. you get to work and, you know, you get family uh, obligations and just everything else becomes more of a priority than yourself. And so I want to take some time on this episode to just talk through just some of the things that Jules and I are doing and some of the things that are important to us. So that way it kind of gets our audience thinking a little bit about themselves and looking at themselves a little bit more objectively and figure out things that they could be doing to live their best life. So Jules, I'm gonna let you kick this off, man. I'm curious to just hear from you. What are some things that make you happy? Meaning what are things that like you do when you kind of start to feel burdened and when you start to feel like the walls are kind of closing in? What are some of those things that make you happy? And then also just in general in life, what are some things that make you happy? You know, Prince, one of the things I like to do, I like to talk to my wife because she brings me back and helps me out with a lot of different things that I've been going through. 
if it's work-related or some personal or because she a God-fearing woman. Everything's coming coming from the Bible, from her. And in the words or words she she will say to me, it will bring me back or it'll lift my spirits. And that's one thing that will make make me happy. Just just a word, prayers, or we talk prayers that you give me advice and we talk and just hearing from me, just hearing from my family. That right there keep me going. Oh, man, that's what's up. That's real talk right there. I think that's really important because, audience, I want you to just hear that. You said God-fearing woman, but she grounds them. And I think that that's important. And I think that we need to make sure in life that we're connecting with personal relationships. It doesn't have to be a wife. It could be a girlfriend. It could be a friend, family Mm -hmm. member. But find that one person in your circle that can ground you, that you can bounce things off of. When you start to feel like, man, I'm starting to feel like this shit's hopeless. No, it ain't hopeless. You just need to find that one person that can bring you back. Because, Jules, you and I talk about a lot of times. We've had people nope. that we know personally that have taken their lives. And I just yes. wish that those people would have just felt comfortable enough with coming to me and saying, hey, man, I need a word. I need to holler at you, man. This is going on, man. I, I just need I need to I need to be in your presence. Like, I just wish in those moments. And when I've had those things happen in my life, Jules, now if I have a friend and they tell me they're going through something— a lot of times I'll stop. I'm like, hey, you good? Because it, it signals in my head like, no, this is my person. They reached out to me for a reason. I just want to make sure that you're good. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> and so for me, when I was listening to you talk, Jules, I was like, dude, same shit here, man. It's like you got to have that person, man, that you can bounce these things off of. Because one of the things for me that is really important to me is helping other people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because I'm so hell bent on doing for others, that sometimes I'm not even doing for myself. And that's something I had to really do a better job of. Like, man, I need to do the work. So I went to therapy, kind of got reconnected with myself again, learned myself again, because I was putting so much energy and focus into other people that then I was draining myself and I wasn't putting that back into myself in return. And so then that's when I had to find people in my circle that, man, when when shit got real, that I can have those real conversations, not just those conversations where you're talking about bullshit and fluff, but actual real conversations, things that actually matter in life. And so for me, when I look at it, things that make me happy is just having people in my life that I know I can count on when I need, but then they also give me the space when I need that as well. Because I think that's important as well sometimes for us. Like sometimes I like to go on my runs and I like to go clear my Mm -hmm. head or I like to go to the gym, Jules. So those are just some things for me. It's like, I love my space. I love my time with myself because it's so few and far between when I get that time to myself. So I really treasure that time, Jules. Man, and uh, talk to you, especially last year, you was always, always doing something. It was something with the kids or something in the community. You was always on the go. Uh, Marches. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Man. Yeah, man. And, but you know, and that's kind of when I was uh, referencing how I was burning the candle from both ends. So I was Mm -hmm. doing all those things. And bro, I was doing that shit, man, because at the time I was trying to take my mind off of the fact that our world around me was burning down literally, right? But then I wasn't taking the care to focus in on myself. And that's kind of what 2021 has been for me of just trying to heal and try to get back to who I was as a person. So, you know, it's a lot of work that it takes to do that. But that's why I was really happy to do this episode because I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this episode. Even right now, they're still trying to figure stuff out. I mean, we got this damn COVID shit hanging over all our heads and we don't know what the future lies with that shit, Jules. Dude, Brad, you hit it right on the head. This is different. 2019 to now, 
it's completely different because now with this pandemic and with the country seem like I hope it's not going seem like it's going backwards. I hope I hope we just just for temporary with the mass mandate and you know people will just man what do we do where do we go and or how ca- can we go further or can we look to the future or can we better ourselves and and yes yes you can because we are going to get past this we are going to move forward where you can get better you can't reinvent and and all those things and and what we're talking about different things that we use or people in our lives that help us when we get to that 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 breaking point to snap us back in reality like hey you know no no we gotta keep moving and 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 that's why we hope uh people get out of this uh when they listen to this episode no for real now I was going to ask you, Jules, you know, because I know for you, your your path to where you are today wasn't a straight line, right? You had to go different areas to get to where you're at now. So can you talk to the audience about just some times in your life where maybe even if it's professionally or personally that you kind of felt like even yourself, man, I, I wish this was different for my life or my career. Like, can you talk to the audience about that? Prez, when we were at FedEx, I wanted to go full time, but the thing was, they told me at the time that I had needed uh, a four-year degree. Oh, wow. I, I didn't like, know that. Okay. Which I was like, are you serious? With, you know, because with this job. To do this job? <laughs> no disrespect, and, but, you know. <laughs> right. Right. No dis. Right. Hey. But, <laughs> and so I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a decision. I didn't know I was gonna, where I was going to be at, where I was going to do, where I was going to go. I had the mind of joining CPD, but right here, I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, they get complacent, scared of what the other side may be, what the, the other door would look like. So that was a time where I was like, where I was faced with a decision. Well, I can't be here because I need, to, I need to better myself. I need to go further. I'm more than this, you know, you know, as far as part-time. Yep. So that would direct my path to where, where I'm at now, um, being on the, on, on the police department. Sure. And so when when I think about that, that same thought process, Jules, even for myself, and I remember those FedEx days, I mean, I had to come back home from school early. So I had some things going on in my personal life that I, I couldn't be away at college anymore. So I had to come back home. I started taking class at a community college. I got a part-time gig there at FedEx. And I will say that work there, boy, 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 that was probably one of the most impactful jobs that I've had in my life. And the reason why it was and I don't mean this is any sort of shade to people that do this work and you're listening to this show. But for me, I knew that wasn't for me long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, Jules? Mm-hmm. And you know, I was there. I was killing it. Them dudes had giving me awards and stuff over there. And they were trying to, you know, <laughs> oh, man, they were gassing me up. Oh, man, like, you, you're our guy. And this and that. I'm sitting here like, I'm going back to school, y'all. Like, <laughs> Hey, man, I'm just passing through. <laughs> I'm just passing through. But what what it was, though, is that I looked at some of those people that were working there, bro. There were people 40, 50 years old, man. And that was their primary way of being able to take care of their families. And I was talking to these cats, man. And I'm like, man, you got kids, a wife, and you you working a job that's paying you $10 an hour, and you're working part-time. Mm-hmm. You got no benefits, no 401k, none of the things that matter. Because audience, Jules mentioned to you, he was trying to get full-time. And getting full-time at FedEx at that time was nearly impossible. They weren't trying to give up them full-time spots. They wanted everybody part-time. Right. So for me, my path was the fact that I realized, hey, 
this right here is getting the job done for me now because I'm able to save up some money so I can get back to college and do what I need to do. But it also gave me a little bit of fire under me too and let me know, hey, if I don't get that shit done this second time around in college, this is what my future is going to be. And I'm not meaning that to be a negative way, but I just think that a lot of us, we have to put the effort in sometimes to doing what we have to do. And if things don't work out, so like my school situation didn't work out. We have financial issues that caused me to have to come back. But what did I do? I said, you know what? I'm going to step in and I'm going to help out. And I got a job and I then invested in myself. And I think that a lot of times people, when they have a little adversity in life, sometimes instead of reaching within a little bit and figuring out ways of how you can, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps a little bit, Sometimes, you know, people, they give in to the adversity. And I think that we have to look for ways that we can say, you know what, what can I do differently here? What can I do to change my circumstances? And I think that's what I did in that situation. And honestly, working at FedEx and being around those people, it was impactful because it just made me Uh realize that, hey, man, I got Mm -hmm. a lot more value to add to this world. And I did. And I did what I had to do going forward. Places you go with people you talk to, there's, there's always lessons to learn. Like I said, we both learned some lessons from FedEx. Mm-hmm. Man, prayers. I was sitting here just thinking back. I said, "Man, brother, we 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 hooked up on a lot of different adventures, man." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you, if Jules, if you go back to just certain key points of all of both of our lives, you uh-huh. was around me, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I'm sitting up here just thinking, like, man, we was. <laughs> That's why when, like I said, when life hit and kind of kind of uh, lost touch, and we got hooked back up together, and was like, man, you know what? No, nah, man, I ain't going to let this happen again, man. We're we going to keep in touch because we've been rolling thick since 90s. So it was yes, like, sir. man, yes. no. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, yes, sir. But back on the uh, question, man, you learn, uh, you get a, a different piece of learning experience for every everything you you experience. And being at FedEx, man, it's a great stepping stone. Like I was, a, uh, at that time, I was a uh, part-time uh, service manager. So I'm just thinking, okay, I'm here. This is where I'm at. I'll just go full-time. And then when that hit me, it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Should I stay part-time or should I reinvent myself and do something else? Ultimately, the decision is yours. You hold that key. If it's going back to school, if it's to get another job, wherever the case may be, it's your decision and it's up to you. I like where you kind of left that too because you talked about the reinventing yourself piece. Now, that was something in my career that I had to do a couple times. So, Obviously, after FedEx, I went back to school. I graduated. I came out of school. I was working at JCPenney for a little bit of time and obviously realized, hey, that wasn't going to be my long-term trajectory. So I got into finance and I started to trade at the Board of Trade. I did that for six or seven years. But where I made my pivot to what I'm doing now, Jules, is the fact that back in 2006, we had a major, major financial crisis in this country. The market started to tank. Mm. And you talk about making those decisions and and dilemmas of what am I going to do? I talked about this in season two. I had to make a choice here. I'm like, what do I do? Just sit here and wait for this uh, ship to hit the iceberg? Or do I figure out what my next path is going to be? So I went into sales. I had never sold anything in my life. I went to an organization at CareerBuilder where I took a $55,000 pay cut in what I was making salary-wise. Yeah. But I did that because it was a calculated risk because I thought a year from now, I'll be making more money than I've ever made in my life. But I had to bet on myself. And that's pretty much for me in my life, Jules. I've done that a lot. And I think what that comes down to for me just personally, and I I said this on last week's episode, 
I love to prove people wrong. I love when people tell me that there's something that I can't do or they'll tell you, you sure about that? Or why are you asking me if I'm sure about something? If I tell you that this is what I'm going to do, I stand on that, right? (laughs) And so if you don't believe in me, that's fine. That's your problem. But I'm like, I look at this person in the mirror and I'm like, let's go. I could do anything. And my grandmother used to always tell me that. She would look me in my eyes and she would say, you could do anything in this world. There is no one in this world that could do something that you can't do. And if they can, figure out what the hell they're doing and do it better than them. Mm. And that's my motto. Mm. Ain't nothing like that wisdom that grandma or grandfather or mother or father come with that wisdom. And hey, man, you can be bent over it. You hear that, you you straighten up. It'll snap you right back in place. Like, you know what? Grandma, you, hey, hey, you right. That's that food that we always talk about, man. And that's missing in this world. I'm not going to get sidetracked here, but I'm just going to tell you, Jules, there's some times, though, when I have some things that I'm like, man, this has been a little tough on me. I'm going to keep pushing through. But then I remember them conversations, bro. And I'm like, man, what was I tripping? I got this shit. What are we talking about? <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, my point of saying that is reinventing yourself. All it is is believing in yourself, yeah. taking those calculated risks exactly. mm-hmm. and doing what you got to do. You know, even if, like you said, Press, you took a cut. Yeah. Even though you took a cut, you know, at the end of it, oh, man, I'm going to be a success. And listen, everybody got to go through trials and tribulations, bumping bruises. Everybody. You can't play it safe. You can't hide up in the corner and play it safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's no, no such thing. You're not going to get anywhere doing that. But reinventing is just a changing of who you are, who you wouldn't be. It's, it's just a mentality. It's a mindset. Right. It's a mindset. You're going to say, hey, you know what? I cannot live like this anymore. It got to be like the absolute point where you're like, you know what? I I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You go to a store and you got to buy a cheaper brand of something because you don't have you don't have the means to buy this brand. Or your kids will say, hey, mommy or daddy, can I get this? And you have to make up a story because you don't have the money to, to mm-hmm. pay. Mm-hmm. No, 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 yep. man. I have that. That's that mindset. You have to be like, you know what? I, I can't live like this anymore. And I'm going to change how, what I'm going to do, you know, because I want to give the, the, you know, the kids the, the life I didn't have, or I want to give myself the life I, my parents didn't give me. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's, that's that, that reinvent. Mm-hmm. And even back to the time when I did take that pay cut, Jules. Mm-hmm. So what I was thinking of in my head was the next step, right? So whenever I'm in a, in a job, in a position, I'm always looking at what that next opportunity is going to be for myself. So I always envision myself in that next position. So I never stay stuck in the present. So in that situation, okay, yeah, I was making a $25,000 base salary, but it was a sales job. So there was commission and bonuses associated, but those things aren't promised. You got to go out there and grind and get that shit. So by that next year, everything that I did, all the hard work, the, the networking, staying late, doing all those different things. A year later, I got promoted and I was running a team and I was making more money that next year than I had when I was trading. And that was a calculated risk that worked out. And I've been in sales since 2007. And that's probably a job that I'm going to have until I decide to retire in 10 years or so. But that is a job that has been able to take me places that I'd have never thought that I'd have been able to go to, Jules. It's been able to do things for my family that I'm just forever humbled to be able to do, but also it's allowed me to be able to give back to other people that look like us in our communities, whether there's kids that come to mentor, to work with us at at these various companies, or me going to them and giving them knowledge. 
And so those are things for me. It's like when we work on ourselves, then we are also available to give back and to build up those communities around us. Mm -hmm. You put in the work in the grind and you know what it takes to get to that next place. A buddy of mine is Rob. He was talking about far as the Bible. He said, Jules, you may be the only Bible somebody get to read. And that's something if I give them a verse or a word or something. But as far as the workforce, people may look at you and this is the only example they probably get to see as a, as a man, as a, as, a, as a true definition as a man. What you're doing and what you bring it to other people because of your experience, your life experience, and you passing it off to passing that knowledge to, to the ones coming under you. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I wanted to, to, to bounce off for you while we're having this discussion, so I got a lot to say on this, but what are some things like that really, really matter to you in, in the grand scheme of things? So we talked about what makes us happy. We talked about reinventing ourselves. But what are just some of those things that really matter to you? Because I think that's also important for people that are listening to this show to just kind of discover that for themselves in their own lives or what matters to them. First of all, me being rooted, rooted in the word, that matters because that's just me. That's just what I was grew up in. I was rooted in it. family. Family matter. Being happy matter. Making sure other people are healthy and happy. Every, everything, you know, all, all of it mattered to me. Just being there for people who need me or, or need a word or who's kind of down financially or, or spiritually and, and just need somebody to talk to, that, that matters. Just being an overall optimal type, optimal type person, you know, matter. It's everything kind of ship and shape and you have this circle and everything aligns itself with it and you're sitting in the center of it. And it's like, I have to be, but for order, so everything that matter to me to be that person, I will have to be ultimately, you know, good and and and, and healthy and, and spiritually and, and far as work financially and all that. So all all of it matters to me. Mm-hmm. Everything. All my own universe. You know, this is my life and everything around me and, and it all comes together. Full um, circle. Yeah. No, I agree with that, man, because when we were kind of talking earlier, we talked about the things that make us happy. When I think about what makes me happy versus what actually matters to me, it's kind of the same. It's because I think about Mm -hmm. my friendships, right, relationships. But also, too, I'm going to put in two other things that we haven't talked about so far. Memories and in peace. So when I say memories, think about the stories, audience, that I tell you guys about my childhood, growing up, the things that like really made me happy. Some of those moments that I think about the cookouts in the backyard when the whole family got together. Those are things that I will never, ever forget. And even I try to pay that for it now in my life, having people over to my home and having a cookout and breaking bread with people. You know, and so that's something that's really important to me because a lot of times those memories you can't get those back. You can't get that stuff back if you're not taking those opportunities to connect with your people, having people around you. So that's something for me is like, I really think that's a strong foundation for, you know, things that really matter to me. But then mm-hmm. when I talk about peace, Jules, this is something I've really tried to make a really huge effort on this year, which is protecting my peace. And that's why I was really cool. when We did those episodes around the toxicity on social media. And also talking about the cancel culture and things of that nature. Because if we as a people are surrounding ourselves by negativity and negative thoughts, and if your space around you is negative, then Mm. everything that you touch is going to be negative. It's not going to be anything. You can't grow and you can't build on something that has no foundation there. If the foundation is fucked, then what you building on? 
And so for me, I'm just really trying to do a better effort of just making sure that my foundation is solid because we know life isn't easy, right? But also right. life, Jules, is what you make of it. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I really try to make sure I'm just balancing my emotions, managing relationships that I have with people. And also, too, let's just talk about stress for a second. We all are adults here. We all deal with stressful situations of life. But it's all on how we navigate that stress. Manage the stress. Don't let that stress eat you apart. Because that's one thing. Stress is a silent killer. And we start to see people in this world that start to have negative health implications because of stress. And that's why we want to do episodes like this, because we want to just make sure that we are taking time to be thoughtful about some of the ways that people are feeling out here, but then also opening up and telling you a little bit about some of our own internal struggles that we even face every day. So when I think about what matters to me, that's really the thing. And that peace part is something that I think really is something that a lot of people right now need to really think about. And it's not selfish to focus on your peace. It's not selfish to put yourself first. Right. No, Prez, you hit it right on the head. That's what we was talking about. You have to be in pace in order to, in order to get through this world. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, you deal with negative people or negative things you're reading and, and it's you're going to be a negative person. It's simple as that. Mm-hmm. So yes, dude, you have to be in peace with yourself first in order to to even get through this day and be a peaceful person and be a, and be a better person. You know, because some of the stuff that can come your way, you can just bounce off because you're so peaceful. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Things happen. Of course, life happens. It's going to happen. Bills, unexpected expenses, or something breaks down. You know, something, it's always something that's going on. And then yep. you, you're, so, you're such in tune with your soul and, and the peace of spot. You're, okay, well, right, we'll just deal with it. Or we ain't got to, or you can prioritize, like, we'll take care of this first, then we'll hit this and that and this. So, yes, prayers. I, I, I second it, man. Dude, that peaceful part, very important. And yeah, because it, you know what, what follows up with that is health. Mm-hmm. So I, I talked about that a second ago. Now, Let's just have a frank conversation within our African-American community. There's so many of us right now that are not taking care of ourselves, whether it comes with diet, whether it comes with exercise, whether it comes with some of that toxicity that we talk about, right? Sometimes we get wrapped up in things that don't truly matter in the grand scheme of things, right? And we have to start focusing on our health and remembering to practice self-care because life is so short. Me and Jules talked about it earlier. We blink and we've already hit 40-some-odd years on this earth. Where did that fucking time go? We blink again, we're going to be retired. I don't want right. to blink after that. <laughs> Dude. Hold on, I'm trying to keep these eyelids open, man. Yeah, right? No more blinking. <laughs> I'm trying to keep these eyelids. Man, but life, but as you hit them here, life is so precious. Mm-hmm. It is so precious. And that health is very important because, you know what? It either... You can live a good life, good, long, healthy living. Or if you be stressful, it can be short. Mm-hmm. As you said, Perez, it's a silent killer. We have to watch what we eat or stress mm-hmm. or how we live. It matters. It all, it all come together. And, and this is also one thing that I hear people telling people is, oh, you got to be happy all the time. No one on this earth no. feels happiness all the time. Anybody that's telling you some shit like that, they're a fucking fool. Because life is full of nothing but ups and downs. But what we're trying to say on this episode is it's how you navigate those mm-hmm. ups and downs, right? Exactly. We all feel frustration in life, but you learn from some of that stuff, you grow from it, and hopefully 
when you're faced with that stuff in the future, you got the tools built up that you know, like, man, I've been there before. I got this. We good. What's, what, what else you got? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what, Chris? A good example. Last week with Ella French getting killed, I was at a place, man, brother, I was furious. I was furious and I was tired. But I couldn't carry that because I couldn't carry it out on the street. I couldn't internalize that thing because I would just self-destruct and I would and I would take it out on somebody because I know myself. Mm-hmm. And as in my position, I cannot do it or it means my life or somebody else's life. Right. So that's why I was big because you you talked to me. I like I said, I talked to my wife and my mom even talked to me. People reached out because they knew I was they knew I was going through something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that right there helped out big time. Big time. Now I feel a little better. You know, unfortunately, the situation happened, but I was able, okay, it happened. I, I, I can deal with it. I can, I can keep going forward. I, I don't have that same, that same anger. So like you said, when stuff hit me, you know, people ain't going to be happy all the time. Stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Stuff is going to happen. You're going to get thrown off your square. But how you navigate it and, and the people that help you and the things that you can do working out and stuff or, 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 or reading a book or writing something down, a journal. That was good. I remember, I remember just, you know, something going on, you write something down, you get it out. Mm-hmm. You know, some type of release and keep moving. And I was going to say, too, just to, to piggyback real quick on what you brought up here a second ago. I, I knew I knew just from talking to you that I knew that you were burdened and I knew that you were, you know, not in a good place mentally with everything. And rightfully so. Right. And that's why, like, I hit you up a couple of times. Like, man, just making sure you was good. But I also wanted to give you some space because I know how I get. Sometimes when I'm dealing with things, sometimes I have to kind of internalize what I'm dealing with before I can like open up and let somebody know exactly how I'm feeling, right? And I mm-hmm. do what you mentioned there with the journaling. I write a lot of my notes down. I did this during the pandemic in 2020. I mean, there was so many. I, I had like three of those. Remember those uh, composition uh, books that we used to have back in the day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I got three yep. of those that I was just doing that little daily, like just little reminders and, and writings and one of the big things, though, towards the end of the pandemic, you know what it turned it turned to? It went from me feeling sorry for myself about what was going on in 2020 and how it was a lost year. And I saw, when I read back through it, I was like, man, I started to show more gratitude. And the fact that like I was thankful for just having the opportunity to have a home and that my circumstances financially didn't change because of the pandemic. And there were so many people out here that were losing jobs, that were losing their homes. Lights cut off, water cut off. Mm-hmm. And so those are some things that I had to check myself on and say, look, it could be a lot worse. And you don't want to find out what that's like. Uh-uh. No, no, sir. So no, gratitude, sir. Man. man. Gratitude. I just gratitude. think we have to we have to show more gratitude, you know. Gratitude, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even Jules, I talked about the fact that when when I grew up, man, we grew up, man, bro. I'm telling you, there was some times like I would hear my grandmother and she would be before she go to bed. And, and she, I don't even think she even knew that I was I was listening. But she would every night before she would go to bed, she would pray. And I'm talking about, man, them prayers would be long. And I'd be sitting there like, man, I'm like, boy, that's a long-ass prayer. She'd be there for a half hour, just talking through all the things that was plaguing her, her financial situations and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, it was just something that always stood out to me, just about her. Like, she just always had those daily conversations or nightly conversations. But all I know is we always had a roof over our head. There was always food in that refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed. 
<laughs> he said, he said uh, ceiling and four walls and some food. You good. I was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Especially her cooking. <laughs> oh, my God, right? Sheesh. Man, I missed that. That's the things that we're trying to talk about. It's We're not trying to tell people how you should be living your life. We're just saying what has worked for us, and we're just opening up and just telling you that this life is what we make it. You can make this life as difficult as you want, or you can make this life as calm and easy as you want, right? But the choice is yours. You know, what are you going to do? We talked about earlier in season two, we had an episode about understanding your why. And we had mm-hmm. a guest that came on the show, Julius Dorsey, and he talked about how he pivoted from sales to becoming an entrepreneur. And basically, he did that with the idea of wanting to have something that someone would never be able to take from him. And I think that that's huge. And when he was on the show, it caused me to do some soul searching on my own. And I started to look within and start to wonder, well, damn, I always thought that I knew my why, but what is my true why? And I think that's some of the things, Jules, that I think that a lot of people have to really do soul searching and understand what's your purpose? What's your why? Why is it that you get up every day and do what you do? It can't just be to pay a fucking bill. Why is it that you do what you do every day? And I think that's important for people to keep it top of mind. Fuck bills. What about you? What matters to you? Wow, what is your why? (laughs) You get the answer to that, man. You're good to go. Mm -hmm. Because the why is powerful. The the why and the how that you can endure anything. That's right. (laughs) You can endure anything. Even for me, man, like I've had various points where I think my why and my purpose changed, Jules. And that's why I think it's really important for people to dig deep and just really understand what you're passionate about and then how you can use that passion to make a positive impact. And I think those are some of the things that I've been trying to do and I'll continue to do. Because like I said, I'm still learning and still growing. Like I always tell you guys on this Uh podcast, I am far from a finished product. But I'll tell you one thing, when it's all said and done, I'm going to be proud of the work that I left behind. And I just want other people to be able to say that when their chapters are already finished and, and done. At the end of the day, you want to leave this world, me personally, I can talk about myself. I want to leave this world better than what I had, which well, my world is my family, friends, or whatever the case may be, or people I touch, or people who know me, or people who do not know me. Whereas we got a platform here with this podcast, and people hear our voices, and they hear our, our, our intellect and things we talked about and what's important to us. Somebody that we do not even know can probably take what we hear and help them out. That's right. Man, that is that why and that purpose of life. We like to reach others, to touch others, to help others. And if when that time has come, I won't have any regrets. That's my purpose. And that's my why. Don't have any regrets when you leave out of here. Dude, I love that, man. And and I think, too, just to kind of wrap up the episode, Jules, you always say this to me whenever you hear from me, you like, man, Perez, I know you're busy. Mm-hmm. But for me, I always got time for people in my life that matter to me. And you know that. Even if I'm like in the midst of something, I always take a second like, hey, Jules, hey, man, I got this, this, and this. But hey, how's everything going? You good? You need me? I always take that time to, to follow up with folks to hit me because I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to be that busy and that important that I can't connect with those people in my life that matter. And I think that being busy is nothing but an excuse. And what happens is sometimes in life, we use being busy as a scapegoat to keep us from doing things in this world that could make us happy. 
it keeps us from being able to connect with people, right? Mm. Then you start putting things off and, oh, well, you know, I didn't go to this get-together because, you know, I was busy. I had this going on. I didn't go to this get-together. Well, guess what? Now months have gone past. You haven't been connected with people. Tomorrow's not promised to you. We talk about it all the time. Life is very, very short. So stop putting off what you can do today for tomorrow because tomorrow may not come. Jules, go on and hit him with that curtain call, bruh. Bruh, this curtain call goes out to Tyra Banks. Tyra's a prime example of fighting to live your best life. When Tyra was young, she was bullied for being lanky and awkward. However, she still decided to pursue modeling as a teenager and was rejected by multiple agencies before being signed at the age of 17. She was an immediate sensation, and she became one of the most successful and recognizable models in history. Tyra was the first African-American woman to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated and Victoria's Secrets Catalog. Tyra was also a fiercely intelligent, independent, and a gifted businesswoman. She had used her platform to talk about issues important to women, including the pressure of media, body image, and beauty as a social construct. Tyra was a true example of living your dreams and using your platform to uplift. Ms. Tyra Banks, President of Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast family, would like to thank you and appreciate and also, thank you for being that inspiration. Yes, sir. Shout out to you, Tyra. Jules, thanks for that curtain call. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>